They might take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! This is the Freedom Cats with your hosts, Chris Black, Stephen King, and Jody Claypool. Produced by Jack Claypool Audio, Freedom Cats reviews movies, politics, and entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the Freedom Cats. Fantastic. Didn't we show up? It was like, we're going to talk about Star Wars. And then Jody's no, like, no, not at all. You were intentionally, re- you were poking the bear. And I told you, I was like, <laughs> I had stopped drinking and smoking and I was clear headed. And so I was in like manic mode. And you're like, oh, Jody's like a powder keg ready to blow up. Let's poke the bear. Oh, I instigated you. Oh, That's 100%. what you're going with? Oh, fuck off. Absolutely not. What is this trans the kids? I've never heard of this. <laughs> It's like, what are you talking this, about? This guy over here, like 45 minutes of going off. Yeah. yeah. It was it was entertaining. I think that, yeah. Are we recording? We need to circle back. Okay, good. If you're just joining us, we're, uh, we were just talking about our, our the lost episodes of the Freedom Class. I'm Chris. He's Stefan. He's Jody. We are the Freedom Cats. You're not going to have to do that anymore because we're, no, no. Gosh, hold on, hold dang on. Dang it! On, I was on, on cue on. this time. No, no, no. I wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. We we've got a. As you just heard, we have a new intro. We're, we're professional now. They hadn't heard it. I was getting ready to say it, but you. No, if we're li- me, if the finish. listening audience is listening to this episode, they've just heard it, right? Oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah, okay. I was talking to the audience, not you, numbskulls. <laughs> so you just heard our fancy new intro done by producer jack way to go jack well yeah, done, buddy. Jack. hey jack um but listen just because we have this an intro we're not gonna stop the the meow there's just there's no way okay hey i'm, I'm glad we're deciding it now we need to get this stuff locked in i mean no listen this is a democracy Stefan, what do you think well so i it, well Let's, was that the producer talking without a mic in his hand? Yeah. Nothing but the best he for just, us. He just interrupted. Right. <laughs> we got dead air space. And it's okay. So we're going to, let's let the intro go. And then we're going to do the organic thing. We're going to do the, nice. you, you do the Chris Black intro. In addition to the, the it's intro. It's an and both. Was, See, I live in a world where, you know, and both is a thing. You're, you, much like a Sith, dealing in only absolutes are always either or. <laughs> Or so, are we doing it again? Or I think the moment's passed. Let's no, do it again. No, it's already done. We're, do we've it, moved on. Do, the conversation. Do it. I'm not. Do, no, I'm not your little. I'm not your little official. puppet. No, come on, make it official, Chris. I, it's done. Uh, we, just because you have missed the meow, you know, I do respect that you won't be controlled. Absolutely not. You're in my camp, buddy. That's right. I won't be controlled. I'm no uh, <laughs> Ben Schwartzman. What's the guy's name in this movie? Marco. Ben Marco. Ben Marco, who's Raymond, the, Raymond, who's uh, Liev Shriver's character? Uh, it's Raymond Shaw. Raymond Shaw. Shaw. Raymond I'm Shaw. no Raymond Shaw. You're not going to drill into my head and put things in it. Okay, so that's a good lead up. So we're reviewing the. Are we ready? Oh, we ready? We're already referencing the movie. You might as well call well, te- it. Out. It's a tease, right? It's a tease because we got to we got to talk. We got to see how to check in with everybody. All right, we could tease. Let's keep teasing them. Let's keep teasing you. Yeah. Tease. Yeah. Big names in this movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. You got the leave. You got the Schreiber. Liev Shriver, right? And Meryl Streep. John, John Voight. Voight. Yeah. yeah. So Denzel Washington's fourth mentioned. <laughs> I did that. I'm, I'm teasing. I, right. I'm teasing. <laughs> Liev Shriver, <laughs> Meryl, John Voight, and then we'll mention Denzel. Wait, hang on. The Hold dude, off on Denzel one more plays, minute. The dude who plays Falcon from the Marvel movies is in this? Okay. Uh, he's Captain America now. Well, all right. Put some respect on his name. 2004. He looks the exact same age. Tell me there's not like age controlling something out there. That dude is not aged a day from this movie. Good black don't crack, baby. That's that's absolutely the case, man. Yeah, I, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I was like, what the? When was this movie recorded? 2004. No. Surprised you didn't know that. It was right there on the title. <laughs> All right. It's 2004. Yeah, no, but talk about, talk about the glow up. Anthony Mackie is like, 16th, 17th bill in this build in this movie. And he's way down the I was gonna list. put him ahead of Denzel too, but you can jump the gun. It's Denzel. Yeah, of course. We're talking about we're talking about the Manchurian candidate, the 2004 remake of the 1962. Is it I don't know if it's a classic. I don't know how it's viewed. I mean, I Yeah. <sighs> Conspiracy theory? Manchurian candidate? But like is the so So the original made more sense with that name. Because the Manchurian Candidate, the 59 movie, was actually the Chinese brainwashing uh, a captured soldier in the Korean War. So the Manchurian Candidate really made more sense. But they redid it, did the Gulf War. Made it Manchurian Global, so it's not like yeah. U.S. evil. Right. Whatever. Nothing like what BlackRock or... Any of the other, you know, defense was, contractors. Look, this movie, it was the first time I saw it, and it hit home. I was like, oh, this is spot on. This 2004? She was like, this is a romantic comedy. Is, <laughs> this was the first time you've seen this movie? Yeah. Really? Yeah, the okay. first time I've seen it. Um, I'm going to say the uh, second Frank Sinatra movie that the remake is better. You got Ocean's Eleven. The remake is better than the original. Any pushback on that, fellas? No. No, I never saw the original. Well, it's, I mean, it's a fun movie, right? But you could just tell it was like, hey, these guys are all in Vegas anyway. Let's put some cameras in front of them and just, you know, they're just, these guys are drunk and doing bumps the entire movie. I mean, it's just, uh, then the remake, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, and a cavalcade of stars, just a, just a gallery. And then this movie, I haven't seen the 62 version, but I'm just going to say it's better. I liked it. That's the kind of statement I'll make. I liked it. I thought uh, I I was curious whether or not Cup of Noodles actually sponsored to be in the movie because that was an interesting. They they tied Cup of Noodles to like somehow being involved in part of the mind control process. If you sure. paid attention, every, this has got to be your all favorite. these mind control this people is, were know, eating Cup I, of Noodles. I know you just saw it, Jody, but like. For you, this has to be a top ten movie. Like the crazy guy is not really crazy. Like this is really on brand. For oh you. yeah, yeah. I saw that. I was like, this is people need to watch this. This is an educational film. It's more like a documentary. Yeah. Stefan, this was your pick. Why did you pick yeah. the Manchurian Candidate? Well, it actually was originally picked for our conspiracy episode, so I thought it's a great, great movie for that. But then Jody just went ISO and yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we, by uh, the way, well done. Again. We all we all did a clear out for him so he could uh, go one on one. Yeah, on that episode. But uh, good I, episode, by the way. 
Now, you guys do realize that, that for anybody who hasn't listened to it, you need to go back, hit the pause button, go back, listen to the conspiracy episode. What I was doing there, you guys called it a manifesto. It was an outline so that we could go back and we could talk no. about each one of these individually because they what all I, deserve. So hang on, a, a manifesto can't be an outline. It has to be like longhand. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, what our audience doesn't know is that the, the notes from the conspiracy episode that Jody gave us look remarkably like uh, the the notebook that G Jeffrey Wright is carrying in this book had weird drawings of people and crying. And oh, I was going to say uh, Ted Kaczynski's manifesto, God rest his soul. <laughs> <laughs> is Kaczynski dead? Yeah, he died this weekend. That's Whoa. what I heard. Whoa. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Wow. I had no idea. That's, uh, huh. So I mean, just keep your I eye might on, have the wrong information, but it was all over Reddit. So keep your eye on all the MK Ultra candidates and see if they, you know, they start dropping like is that is that a, is 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 that alleged that Ted Kaczynski was an MK Ultra candidate? Yeah. You know, in the Supermax, like his Supermax, like his buddies in Supermax were like Timothy McVeigh, like the group, the guys that would hang out. I read this a while ago. Like the three guys that would hang out was like Timothy McVeigh, Kaczynski, and a 9-11 guy. Mm -hmm. Can't remember. But what a cavalcade of supervillains that was. That's like the Legion of Doom right there. Yeah. Is it, was or as Jody, would say, as Jody would say, you know, just misunderstood American patriots. <laughs> Don't talk for me, man. But I would say that. You would say that. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> uh, has anybody seen the series on, I think it's Showtime, the Aftermath, Waco Aftermath or something like that? I saw Waco. I haven't seen the Aftermath show. <laughs> It's actually, uh, you say, uh, you know, the Ted Kaczynski and what's his Timothy the, McVeigh, Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. yeah. It talks a lot about what, how that produced Timothy McVeigh. Well, yeah. Cause McVeigh was like at the, like he was in the audience or audience, whatever you want to call it. Like the people gathered about, he was in the, audience. <laughs> he was in the studio. Speaking of studio audience, we're lucky enough to have a couple listeners here to, to, this morning. You could be a listener and join us too. Just, you know. We haven't formalized thirty nine ninety five an yeah, episode. You can join the us. The Breakfast Club. We haven't yeah. we haven't formalized the Breakfast Club, but it is forming. So we've got members already sitting here enjoying the magic as it happens. Hopefully, they go a different way than McVeigh did. Yeah, I mean, well, it depends who you ask. Depends who you ask. Please, <laughs> oh Pete. So you picked this for yeah. our conspiracy episode. Yeah, I did. Uh, I thought that uh, it was a very fitting conspiracy. Uh, considering the um, behind-the-scenes stuff that it, many other conspiracies talk about, you know, those in power. Um, and with, uh, you know, the big defense contractors and everything like that and how they're involved with a lot of those conspiracies, I thought that this was a very fitting one. I didn't even know if this was an actual, based on an actual conspiracy theory, or if it was just something that was, you know, made up for the movie and way back when. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Jody, Chris, this is your this is your You're moment the to shine. This is your moment to shine. We're not sure if this is based on any known conspiracy theory. I mean, I'm giving you the no look pass right here, Jody. Is this based on any known conspiracies? I'm gonna accept that pass. I'm gonna hold on to it. I'm gonna dribble a little while. Okay, so I, I, <laughs> if I look at this right, 100. percent Yeah. Yeah, at this point, the military-industrial complex has lost its ability to stay hidden. Everybody has started to use those terms, and everybody is... In 2004, people start to recognize 
Oh, yeah. Like our three-letter agencies, the Defense Contracting and Appropriations Committee structure is 100% corrupt. It's a controlling entity and a money laundering organization. So I think they're feeding right into this. This, this could be part of the conspiracy. They're just trying to normalize and socialize this idea, this concept, so nobody is so offended by it that they get motivated to do anything about it. Be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw Denzel in this. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So I guess it's normal. This is just how life is. So <laughs> the, I, the, the production, Hollywood is a great way to pump very entertaining and, and seamlessly and effortlessly integrate these crazy concepts into our brains so that when reality hits, we're already okay with it. We're already desensitized to the notion. So, so this movie did I, did is. Can I a, answer your question? No. So this. Movie, right so what way? I hear you saying is this movie's like a like the, this is a. It's part of it. It's part, it's of, the part of it. Oh yeah. It's, it's part of the, the conspiracy. Whole, yeah. So they yeah. they preempt the crazy. They preempt this notion that it's so appalling, but and they take the edge off of it by making it entertaining, right? Hmm. So how I guess, many how many alien movies have we watched? Where we're like, okay, now we're used to seeing aliens all the time, and now they're like, oh, by the way, we found. UAPs and we found bodies and we've definitely have had these for decades and everybody's like I don't really care I want to talk more about you know the Biden alien stuff is okay I'm gonna uh, I hate these moments when have I have you seen nope yes yes that's yeah. an interesting take on the whole alien thing that it's not a not a ship at all instead it's a it's a, an actual creature that uh is consuming uh humans the cordyceps approach yeah. yeah, I hate these moments when I start to agree with you, but like the response to the I'm sorry, UAPs, is that what they are now? Yeah, unidentified aerial phenomenon. Okay. The or response to like real government officials, like Pentagon guys saying like, yeah, a mothership might be in our solar system or has been in our solar system. And the response has been remarkably tepid. People are like, okay, all right. Like this isn't like this should be bigger news. So just think about, I mean, it's been happening more frequently, but the last four years, how many, how much crazy shit has been thrown at us? Tell me the, these aren't tests. Tell me they're not testing the population to see what things hit, what the reactions could be. This is, this is a total um, psychological programming exercise. That's what's going on. You heard it here first, folks. There you go. Jody's doing a one-man show on why he should be the next Manchurian. <laughs> Look, there's this big, beautiful, shiny box, and you guys know how to put me on it. You just slide it in front of me. I step on it happily. Yeah, no, absolutely. So if you're going to slide the box in front of me, Is this one know. of those things where I'm like, you instigated it just by asking like, hey, Jody, what's a conspiracy theory that matches with this movie? Yes. Are you right. saying that, that like if you're you, the guy in the eighteen hundreds? Something that's loosely adjacent to yeah. conspiracy theory, you know I'm gonna jump on that <laughs> no, box and be fair. like, okay, that's Chris did it. So like this so this movie was released in two thousand and four. It definitely look going back here almost twenty years later, it definitely has this post nine eleven mm -hmm. Iraq war, Afghanistan war sort of uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh it feels like it, paranoia. It has that post 9-11 paranoia to it that was really prevalent at the time, right? This idea that we've been in these wars and to a certain point, I think a certain 
part of media really wanted those wars to be connected to the end of our society. You know, the government's taken away our freedoms. We have these endless wars. And to a certain point, that is true. And that's what happened from a certain point of view. But it definitely wanted to connect. I felt, looking back on it, there was a desire in this movie to connect what was going on then to things that happened with, like, the Vietnam War. Like, they really wanted that connection. I think this movie really spikes that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, and and just from a continuity standpoint, right? Right? So... Um, Stefan, I don't know if we got this recorded or not. He was talking about the original and how the title of the original Manchurian Candidate made more sense because it was China, right? Brainwashing a Korean dude, correct? Correct. I didn't Bra- say no, Korean brainwashing um, fighters in the Korean War. So oh, American sorry, guys, GIs, yeah. yeah. Got American GIs in the Korean War. And so when you're looking back in 1962, who was the enemy, right? And so it, it, the Manchurian Candidate title really worked well because the enemy was the China Communist Party, and you know uh, we were in conflict in a Korean War, so it it all made sense from that standpoint. The enemy has shifted, so just to maintain the continuity, and I don't think it's wrong. Like you're asking me if if um, there's if this feeds into the notion of an actual real conspiracy. I think so. I think. You know, tying um, these l- huge corporate interests to a military industri- industrial complex, which includes these crazy research projects. Is that crazy? No, it's not crazy. I don't think that's crazy. I, I think what that is is a good continuity between the time the original was made and what's going on now. And you're, I think you're absolutely right about them saying, okay, these wars, they're not justified. They're, you know... They're, they're happening, and in addition to them happening, other stuff is being built off of it. So these research projects are being built off of it. Political influence is being built off of it. Yeah, I think that's right. Stefan, what do you think? I think he's right. <laughs> yes! <laughs> you know, that, Jeez, okay. You heard it here for, first. I think that... Everybody uh, who's listening is going to get on Jody. Get on, we're all going to form a commune, so just... Sign up for the membership, and then we'll get you, you know, on the list to be part of the commune. Yeah, I, I'm really. Resi- I don't know why. I think I think the last couple of years have made me more and more resistant to the conspiracy stuff, and that's a, a due in no large part to like QAnon, the the really whacked out stuff. Yeah, but that whacked out stuff be, has become so much part of the mainstream. Yeah. You know, and we get up, we get to a point well, where like, we get to a point where like, you know, I hate, I hate bringing up his name because we use a little focus on him too much, but like Trump. former president is yeah. facing 37 federal. So we have zero and, episodes we've ever gone through. Yeah. Now we're back. We, yeah. Go ahead and mark <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. We're now zero You heard it here episodes. first. Chris is the one who brought this up. I brought yeah, it up. I brought Chris it up. Brought this up. We, have a, we have a board here at Frida Cast Studio where it's like episodes since the last Trump mentioned. Now we're going to go ahead and mark that as a zero. We got to go no, scratch out. Jack, hobble over there and get that scratched he, out on the board. 30, so, you know, indictments, right? He's indicted on 37 counts. Okay. Federal yeah. counts. And 80% of the Republican Party, party that I most associate with, thinks that it's, you know, legit, 
things. No, no, no. No, it's all made up. It's the. It's all made up. It's a. It's a, it's a political witch hunt. It's but Brandon no, making it all up. You know, and a large part of that is, I mean, so much of that comes back to. That's why I'm so hard, and I'm so. I find it so difficult to buy into a lot of the conspiracy stuff now because of the mains. What things like QAnon have done to the mainstream, right? The idea that really everyone's out to get, everyone's out to get this well, one guy. I mean, can you really call it mainstream anymore? Because yeah. news news media is not mainstream anymore. We've talked about it before. No, that's fair. You know, the the uh, the Fairness Act when that disappeared in 81, it was a start to this whole Fox News, CNN, MSNBC load of horse shit that they just it used to be you were given the news as it happened and it was left to you to think what it meant. Now they tell you what it means before they even give you the news. Or the news is just the news that's presented just fits the narrative of the overall theme of the channel. It's all color commentary now. Yeah. That's all it is. And you know, where do you go for news? Where do I go for news? Usually, it's actually off of Reddit. Yeah, I, thought I, just I saw mean, that there's so a. Where do you go for news? Oh man, oh, I'm going to be judged. All right. Well, you asked the question, so Jimmy Dore. You guys know Jimmy Dore, comedian, podcaster, yeah, Jimmy Dore, comedian, podcaster, Jimmy Dore, Stephen Crowder, Alex Jones. I actually do listen to Alex Jones. I do. I felt that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you ask a question, I, I, you know the know answer. Many, I don't know how many people who are listening right now are so shocked. Yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody spilled their you coffee. Hear out his of off-air rants about the gay frogs. Look, one time they, they one all time. go back to the gay frogs thing, right? Right. But the I am an advocate for free speech, and I'm also an advocate for you want the craziest person to say what they're thinking. You want to hear it because it takes real effort for that crazy person to put that thought out into the universe. It takes no thought whatsoever to agree with the masses. So am I going to agree with a crazy person? No, but I want to, you know, I want to hear what kind of creative bullshit comes out. Well, I guess the question is more than anything else, are you taking what the crazy person says verbatim? And this is what happened with QAnon. Like I'll listen to crazy people talk. But then I'm going to go off on my own and do my own research. We, you know, we talked about, you know, murder numbers and stuff like that. And the crazy person says this or they say that. And then you, you have to go off on your own. And you have to fact check it yourself because they're not always true. So I'll see you and I'll raise you one. I do that with everything. It doesn't matter if it's established religion or if it's laws or if it's, you know, the uh, current nice curriculum of, you know, the, the popular educational institutions. I take every, I, I am a skeptic on everything. You mean so, the long experiment, which is uh, public education? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 100%. Okay, yeah, okay. So I do that, I do that with everything. And, and it's not until I can ground myself in reason that, that my personal experience can relate to that I start to assume, start to, start to make assumptions about how things operate. If, I, if the world's telling me that the world's on fire and I don't see fire, I don't assume the world's on fire. I have to be able to somehow, I have to be able to find information that relates to my personal experience that helps me formulate a better understanding of my world, right? So if, 
Alex Jones is screaming the uh, frogs are gay. And I don't know anything about frogs, and I haven't seen any gay frogs. I'm not going to assume the frogs are getting gay. But I do want to hear him talk about it because it's, it takes a lot of effort to start, you know, thinking through. Or if you're not on your medication, it doesn't take any effort whatsoever. <laughs> well, it still takes effort. There's a, there's a chemical fireworks but there's, going there's, off in his brain. You know, now, yeah. there's, you know, is the man, you know, is the man a prophet? Or is he just not on his meds? Which is an interesting thought, by the way. What if we ha- what if we're surrounded by prophets who are actually giving us God's word, but we <laughs> right. just attribute it to mental illness now? See this kind of stuff. I like when crazy people talk, Chris. I hear you, and I'm just, you know, it's oh my crazy. I'm the crazy person who's talking. <laughs> I took my medication this morning. Thank you very much. Um, so this movie does present the, the it presents the, the 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 question. You know, what if the crazy person isn't crazy? And I think it does a good job. But I like, yes. I mean, I really like the idea. I mean, the movie opens with Denzel and he's doing a little presentation to the Boy Scouts, right? And you're like, oh, this is a, it's Denzel. All right. That's my guy. And then he goes to his apartment and Denzel's having a tough time with things. So yeah. uh, who's the, who's the Emmett character? What's his, what's the character's name? Uh, the actor's name. Which one? So right after the Boy Scouts. He gets confronted by one of the guys in his platoon. Oh, it's Je- the actor's name is Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey I don't Wright, remember his. Right. I don't remember his character name. Emmett. It's Emmett Smith or Emmett something. So he gets confronted by this character, and the guy's got a notebook, and the notebook's got all the scrambling that, that looks much like the notes your notes to the conspiracy theory episode. Yeah. Yeah, I know this is the picture you're trying to paint to the audience, but it was well, it was printed out because my handwriting's terrible. Printed out, letters cut from a newspaper, printed, <laughs> legitimately printed out, cut out from the newspaper. And I'm very good at drawing, so all my drawings were spot on. Right. Okay, so anyway, he's confronted by this character, and he's denying this notion that he's having these crazy dreams, and the crazy dreams seem more real than the memories that he has. But he doesn't admit it. And so the guy who's talking to him, you can see he's on the verge of losing his mind, right? He's like, the, the, the actor who plays that character plays it just perfectly. He's like almost in tears. He's trying to have a reasonable conversation, but he's on the edge of losing it. And he's just looking for somebody to confirm he's not crazy. Yeah. And of course, Denzel Washington... It's just like, hey, man, you need to go get help. Go to the VA. VA is like the enemy. They're part of the whole structure. The VA is part of the structure. 100% the VA. Yeah. It's part of the military structure, right? So um, when later in the movie, when Denzel is having the conversation with uh, uh, the two colonels or whatever, and they're saying, hey, no, you just need to get back on your meds. It's the same system, the same argument for the system will take care of you. And the system's the enemy. So you could see this character going through that conflict. And Denzel's like, no, I'm not having that problem. I'm not having your problem, dude. You need to go get professional help. But as soon as the next scene happens where he goes back to his apartment, he is having that exact same problem. He's got Raymond Shaw, like, you know, uh, one of those FBI or, you know, cop investigators. He's got like the, the headlines all cut out and posted on the wall. Do you say cop? All I see is Charlie from... It's always sunny, connecting all the mm-hmm. deal. It's that, real, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Stefan did, and that's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the the, the uh, idea is that Denzel is also having the same problem, but he won't admit it to this dude. He's trying to be a good soldier, right? 
And this guy from his platoon, he's not even going to help him who's struggling. And he's struggling with the same thing. So that dude uh, who's struggling is is got to continue to struggle. Yeah. Right. And Denzel then has to go kind of like think through, okay, is are the dreams that I'm having and this condition that I'm having, is it more than just, uh, what do they call it, Gulf War Syndrome? Which was real. Yeah. So. Yeah. Burning of chemicals and stuff gave mess guys up. Yeah. So where do you draw the line? Like, so when you, when you, when you identify with like these conspiracies and stuff, like where do you draw the line from like guy who thinks that John F. Kennedy Jr. is still alive and President Trump is still the president and he's running a secret government and Biden's doing this whole thing from a studio, from his basement and, you know, frogs are turning gay and like, like okay, let's do, just to leave where the frogs turning gay thing. Out. <laughs> no, <laughs> never mind. No, <laughs> I will not. Alex. No, I will not, sir. So, like, where do you like? Do you identify with that line of thinking? Thirty percent, forty percent. Like, what point are you like? Hey, listen. There's some stuff that I'm into, but that stuff is over there. I think he's looking at you. He's like, <laughs> you're looking at me. So again, I when when I'm when I'm listening to all this information. There is um, anything that is hyper urgent, anything that's presented as hyper urgent. Yeah. Like this is panic mode level stuff, but I can't have any sort of, there's no immediate reference for me in my personal life. I take that as it's they're They're trying to manipulate. That's where my brain goes. Sure. It's an, a manipulation thing. We're running out of toilet paper. We had like a parent at the time, there was this apparent virus spreading globally that was going to wipe out the population. And all of a sudden, everybody and their brother was worried about toilet paper. And I thought either the world has got uh, the, the world has gotten so out of control that their prior and their priorities are so mixed up that right after death on the priority list is toilet paper. How do you wipe your ass? Or maybe somebody's just trying to create a level of urgency for some reason. Well, I really think you're downplaying the importance of wiping your ass. I mean, it is kind of a... I wipe my ass with all kinds of shit. So, look. Uh, so. It's like the Will Ferrell character on, on Step Brothers. <laughs> Runs out of toilet paper and just grabs the bathroom rug. Whatever, <laughs> man. You know what you got to do, man. You know, it's a job. You got to get the job done. Yeah. So, that's how I view it. There's the... As Stefan was saying, we've got, it's not even news. I don't even know what you would call it. it. The mainstream news is the common colloquial description for this thing. Yeah. But it's 24-hour panic porn. Sure. No, absolutely. Okay. So if you just go into that media propaganda, knowing it's just 24-hour panic porn, and you can just flip that switch and recognize that's what it is. Then there's, there's very little nutrients there. It's mostly people trying to manipulate, mostly people trying to drive urgency and less about informing. That's the way I look at that. And then the level of skepticism starts, I, I start to be, it starts to be more reliable the more closer to home. So the more it's, about the local things affecting me that I can relate to and say, okay, yeah, I can see that. Then it starts to become more real. Yeah. What if uh, the uh, the mainstream news channels are uh, Manchurian Global of today, and they're doing it to everybody? Yeah, no, I don't think that's crazy. 
No, and, and that very much happens, right? Like I think MSNBC watchers, no, I'm, this is not a real, these aren't real statistics. These are just, you know, from my gut. But like, I remember reading like MSN, MSNBC watchers, like assume that like 50, that 50% of people were dying from COVID or 80%. They had this overinflated belief of the, how many people were dying from COVID because that was the narrative that was presented. Not the new, not the numbers, the narrative. That was the narrative that was presented on that, on that, that particular news outlet. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's a simply, that's simply the Manchurian global, right? They are, yeah. they are molding minds. They are molding narratives. Um, yeah. So I guess the what we need to put into perspective is if people haven't seen this movie, what Manchurian, Manchurian Global actually did to this, it wouldn't be a platoon, but this group of soldiers. Yeah, so this unit is in Iraq 1, not the sequel, um, the prequel. And they're in Iraq 1, and they're in, their unit is ambushed. Wait, or is the that story. The, the story? the story is, the story is, is that they're ambushed. ambushed. But it, yeah, that's right. That's right. But in truth, in fact, so these guys believe, and it's presented that these guys are ambushed. The movie opens with them getting ambushed, and all the guys get taken out. One guy gets knocked out. You know, Denzel gets knocked out, and then the narrative is that uh, Raymond Shaw, played by Liev Shriver, single handedly saves his unit. Right? Yeah. Takes out the yeah. You know, takes out the chopper takes out all the bad guys and saves his unit. And he gets the Congressional Medal of Honor. But in truth, Stefan, what happened? Uh, they were all taken to a facility and uh, essentially were shown a video, like a CGI or whatever, of the whole situation and made to watch it over and over and over again. Clockwork style. Um, what? Oh, clock. Like, uh, never mind. Okay. Um, and then uh, they were forced to actually, uh, for the people that were supposed to have died, they were forced to uh, do that themselves. They were supposed to forced to kill the, the members of their unit that uh, were supposed to have died and um, were just brainwashed to the point where they thought that this was real. And that's where the dreams come in because the dreams from the subconscious are pulling back the actual information. And uh, that's what was driving people crazy. The symbolism in this is pretty awesome. I, I, or I don't know if it was intentional, but I took it as symbolism. And so in actuality, what, what's happening? So the metaphor is the little mind control bead or whatever they put in the brain, right? Mm -hmm. But the, the actual mind control is language, how words are used. So you get told that people are divided enough you start to see people as divided right you get told that the left is correct or the right is correct enough eventually you start to believe that there's only a left and a right and you got to choose which one you think is correct yeah there has been and yeah we've seen that right we've we we've seen ideology turn this sportification of ideology, right? Where it's not, you know, it's, it's Michigan, Ohio state. It's not beliefs, but it's, I'm on a team. Did you see how impressed he was when he did the, the George Bushism? Did you see his face? No, listen, making up, making up the sportification and his eyes lit up, his whole face started to be sure. Yeah. No, cause it feels on bread. What, what was, uh, what was the word I used to use? Fantasy. Fantasiful? Fantasification. Fantasification, yeah. Something like that. Very George Bushy. Yeah. Sure. 
W. Man, remember W? <laughs> yeah. Remember how crazy yeah. people were about W? And I'm now they mortify lo- the toughification. Yeah, but that was one thing that was like one thing. Got you know, like watching this movie is like you know there was this whole paranoia and suspicion and George W. Bush is going to end democracy and stuff. Now twenty years later, we look back like man. W wasn't so bad after all. He was pretty chill. Yeah, Yeah. but W is all right. Um, So, but it has turned into your ideology as your sports team, right? Yeah. And no matter what happens, no matter who does what, you got to support them because, man, that's our quarterback. And that's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that it's done this. Like, you, 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 I don't know how many, like I've been chided as being a conservative who hangs out with, like they do that little ink freeze thing, right? Where we go out to lunch and I, I've been chided by people like you're having lunch with those Democrats. Like I'm going to catch something like it's going to get on me or something when it's like, no, those are just my friends and we happen to have different viewpoints. But at the same time, we're, we managed to eat lunch in some good restaurants and some absolute just nasty. Is that that's Lots. why it's called diners and dives, right? Right, no, hundred percent. So you're, you, I like the fact that what you're doing is you're taking a phenomenon that I see and you're bringing it home. So you're seeing. I'm incredibly talented. Yeah, yeah. I've always said that about you. So you're <laughs> and humble and humble, the most humble person I've ever seen. I didn't start a podcast because I was humble. So you're seeing. Um, a an unwarranted divisiveness or an unwarranted just uh, judgment on the personal decisions you're making, like for your life, who you choose to associate with, for no reason. There's no reason for that to exist, other than people have been told and they just subscribe to what they've been told. You're conservative. You can't hang out with Democrats. You guys are enemies. Sure. That's it. That's that is. So when I look around in general, my sphere, I see that I see this linguistics attack, this modeling, an intentional modeling, propaganda, um, strategy, whatever you want to call it, having real effects on the people around me. And I say, okay, none of it actually has substance. None of it is real. It's just intentional attacks on how we view our world. It's intentional attacks on worldview. And it's working. And in addition to them saying you've got left and rights, you've got racial divides, you've got all these different things, these different enemies you have to attack that aren't actually there. You get exhausted because there's so much panic, right? The world's like Canada's on fire. And so we've got smoke coming down from Canada because the lowerage of Canada for some reason caught on fire. Do you yeah. see that? Have you seen that? Okay, hold on real quick. Have you seen those satellite imagery where it looks like it all started at the same time? No. I Check that, that out. It, that's, I think it might be time lapse, and then they just kind of do a little movie magic to make well, it look Okay, like Mr. It. I checked all my sources. I watched <laughs> one little clip, and it looked like they all started at the same time. All right. But no, let me ask. Stefan, you just did that uh, Pride trivia night. Yeah. Did you get any blowback from that? No. Well, good. I didn't. Anybody uh, else? Our food purveyor did. Uh, I guess got some pretty nasty messages and stuff like that. And um, But 
we didn't receive wait, anything. Wait, wait, wait. Was it because of pride or because he screwed up the food? <laughs> it was because of pride. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Did he screw up the food? I don't know. I wasn't here. No. You don't even know, but you just threw that out there, just creating yeah. narrative. Just, yeah. Just, so, yeah. Thank it, goodness he didn't give a name. No, Look it was. You see, Mr. Mr. They're spinning a narrative, and then you just put it right yeah, out there. He just throws just it putting out. Putting false information out there. No, he did. Um, I what exact the details were of it, I don't have any idea. But um, yeah, that was. Uh, I was expecting more than what I got. Yeah. Um, with the you know the situation that uh, courthouse coffee had and and things like that. So you didn't get any bomb threats? No. Oh well, that's good. No, but they, they could still be to come. Um, you didn't have but, like a drag show thing for kids though, right? No. All right. So nobody care. This is my argument with the gay pride thing. Nobody cares who has sex with anybody else. Like I don't care who has sex. Oh, with absolutely. Else. People care. People care. I don't care. Absolutely. People I just care. don't want to have to celebrate it. Like nobody's celebrating my heterosexuality. So it's just like for, for oh, celebration sure of heterosexuality are. is completely acceptable all across the world. Okay, well, I mean, that's that's the difference. So so the argument that I have is you guys can anybody can celebrate anything. They can all feel proud and happy about their lives. And as adults, go do your thing. That's it. I, I don't have to subscribe to it, but I don't care. Go do your thing. The I think that the challenge that. My personal opinion is that the challenge comes from when. Um, that level of content is being pushed on children. Yeah. And so the difference is you could have a gay pride event. Who cares? You know, enjoy it. Don't enjoy it. Who cares? Right. Those people want to have, uh, those people, that's the wrong way to say it. Right. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. there it, it is. An event. Happens. Yeah. Tell us about those people, Jody. Yeah, right. Okay. You know what? We're talking about the linguistics attacks. Yep. Even I am not immune to linguistics attacks. Okay. So the, the point is that it, it's not until you've crossed the line of this is going to potentially affect children, I think, is where a lot of people draw their tolerance level. So drag shows for kids is where, for example, people draw the line. Go have drag shows. Like we had talked about this before. The idea of men dressing up as women has existed for a long, long time. Yeah, thousand, right? thousand years. It, it, yeah. It's not new. Right. And the there for a long time, those drag shows have been very entertaining for people to go see because it's a kind of a cartoony version. Right. It's a it's a, a over flamboyant version. And they like Peter Pan. It's usually associated to, you know, fantastic music and a whole show. It's like you're going to the old vaudevillian shows and people enjoy that. They enjoy that. Right. That ornament. Right. But when it becomes a thing where you're trying to teach children children who are in the formative stages of life and they're just trying to understand what words mean, that's where you kind of draw the line. You say, that's, that's not good. And I, and I, 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 I completely agree with that. And like there has been a, there has been a decision on a corporate level that we're, they're going to normalize this community. And that begins at the childhood stage. Like I look at Disney, for instance, there have been a few movies that have come out recently that are, tr are definitely the ideas to normalize this community. I have no problem with normalize. I mean, again, at the adult level, no one should be hated for who they love. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely abhorrent. But 
I don't want to have a discussion about homosexuality or transgenderism with my children at the age of eight. I don't want to have a conversation about heterosexuality with my children at the age of eight years old. Because the, and again, it's, I don't want to have a conversation about sexuality with my children when they're not ready to have those conversations. And that's what bothers me. But we, please, you, you have a great point. And this is my point about the whole situation as well, is that when I have to talk to my preschool kid about somebody else's mom encouraging kids to be boyfriend and girlfriend in preschool, I've got a problem with that. That's too. insane. Because it, it happens. I mean, there were <laughs> with, with, with my son in preschool, like, oh, yeah, she wants to be his girlfriend and stuff like that. And like, these are freaking kids, man. Like, I have a problem with it all the way across the board. And I guess here comes my whole like hypocrisy statement again. Hypocrisy is an issue for me, whether you're on the right or you're on the left. That's my problem. Like, don't get upset about one thing when you're encouraging it on the other side. Like, I want my son to be able to be a kid. 100%. You know, he gets to be in junior high or high school and want to start talking about boyfriend, girlfriend, cool. But other people's parents shouldn't be encouraging their kids to start replicating what they see adults doing when they're five and six years old. That's my problem all the way across the board. 100%. And that and and that's it bothers me. Yeah, I mean I'm just it so bothers yeah. me across the board. My thing is you can't be have an issue with that, you know, the the pride stuff, but not have an issue with encouraging your small children to have boyfriends and girlfriends at that age. That's still on the same level. Meryl was good in the movie. Yes, yeah. Meryl was very good. Her relationship with Lee Schreiber. Got who did you see? Who did I you love that jump? I love that jump back. Was I, did, I, I just I, I like it, it was so. There was a moment, a scene they intentionally put in there that was so awkward, and it was they were just getting ready to do the president-elect presentation, or whatever, and he doesn't have his shirt on, and she's right there in front of his face, and it's like she kissed his lips and she kept her face right there and it looked like they were going to have a more passionate kiss. I was like, I, I was like, Oh, what? It's your mom. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Who'd you see when you saw Meryl's performance? Hillary Clinton, of course. hundred percent. You? Uh, Meryl Streep. I didn't, I didn't put I anything, anything to that. I saw, yeah, I saw, I saw Hillary Clinton hundred percent. Yeah. I didn't. Sorry. Which, it's interesting to think because you know, are are is Jonathan Demi the director saying like, yeah, Hillary Clinton is this kind of person? Is like, I mean, the character dates back to 1959 when the when the book came out, so it's not like the character obviously wasn't based on Hillary. It was based it, the character wasn't based on Hillary Clinton, but I do feel I, I saw I saw Clinton in that portrayal. Who you know, her husband goes to Child Island, and there's but you know plenty of conspiracies around that family. Yeah, that's a topic that keeps coming back over and over and over again. Now, the relationship between Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein keeps yeah. coming back. But I'm old school, man. I remember Vince Foster. Like they were they were capping people way before way before this. So, all right. Anything else before we take this to a vote, boys? We're already at the voting stage. 
I do believe, yeah. All right. All right. Jody, does this go in the canon? Don't start with me. Not, well, it's his pick, so it's an obvious yes. It's not an obvious yes. It's not, okay. If you look at my record. No, that's true. If you that's look at true. my voting record. That's right. You kill your children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Figuratively speaking. Uh, I'm gonna... Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> look, we have to maintain a standard of level of quality with these films. We can't let everything in. Okay. Noted. But this movie is awesome. So I'm going to say yes. Okay. Stefan? Um, I'm going to yeah. 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 Uh, I'm a no. I think there are movies that even shows that have done this better. Like you ever see, you guys ever watch Homeland on Showtime? Yeah. Until like, it did it great. First season was awesome. I just watched the season. Yeah. I, I, I don't watch. I mean, if I ever rewatch it, I just watch the first season because that first season's awesome. Yeah. First, but, first season's killer. After that, it's nah. So I don't think it did it better. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm a no. So be it. All right. Stefan. What? What's your vote? Oh, I said, yeah. Oh, you said, yeah. 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 Okay. You looked at me before. I was like, yeah. Well, you said, I, I thought you said you were going last. My bad. No, you said I was going last and you said, uh, and then I kicked it to you. Yeah. All right. So I'm outvoted. Yeah, but so, so it's in. Yeah. this movie's in the canon. Yeah. Congratulations. The Manchurian candidate 2004. You've made the cat canon. Uh, my pick next, right? Yeah. I'm going to stay on the uh, post 9-11. I'm going to stay on the post 9-11 ride for a little bit. Zero Dark Thirty. Okay. Okay. Zero Dark Thirty. Sounds good. All right. Well, this has been fun. On behalf of all of us, I'm Chris. He's Jody. He's Stefan. We are the Freedom Cats. <laughs>